Hello, and welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. My name is Tricia Copeland. I am an author and host of this show. Today, I have guest author Chris Barron joining me. She is a dark fantasy and supernatural suspense author, writing all YA-appropriate titles. She also writes as Christina DeLay, suspense and psychological thrillers at christinadelay.com. So listen in as I talk to Chris about her books, her characters, and her series. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? Good. It's so amazing to see your face. Like I know. I think <laughs> how we've been connecting for maybe over six months, right? Since the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we've been trading emails and I read well, I've read two of your books at least. And I don't know if that's all of them. So I'm excited <laughs> to learn more about you. Let's just dive in and tell me what kind of books you write, what kind of author you are. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, all my books are based in mythology. I'm a bit of a mythology geek. Like I was the kid in high school who loved the Odyssey, <laughs> you know? Um, and so my, so my, I have a YA fantasy series out um, based on Greek sirens. Um, they are not mermaids. They are bird women. Um, and it's the whole premise is if the sirens had daughters, what would those daughters be going through in today's world? Um, so it starts off with um, Corinna. She is a 17-year-old junior in high school um, whose voice has killed in the past. Um, and through the course of the book, she figures out that she is a siren and not just any siren, but of course, the one who is to save all the rest of the sirens and the world. Um, so yeah, it's lots of fun. Um, I also have an adult fantasy series out um, that is based in mythology, um, but it all happens on an island that's a safe haven for all mythicals. So we go into like all different kinds of myths of like Norse, Greek, um, Aztec, Egyptian. Um, it's tons of fun. <laughs> wow, that sounds amazing. How did you start writing? Um. Well, I wrote my first book in third grade. Um, and yeah, I just, I've been a huge reader all my life and, you know, rediscovered writing when I was, after I got married. Um, and yeah, so I've just, I've been writing for about 12 years now. So, yeah. And so you, it sounds like, you know, tons about mythology, but for each new book you write, do you do more research to learn, like just keep learning? Yeah, so it depends. Yes. So um, like in my siren series, um, the sirens were actually the handmaidens of Persephone. Um, and Persephone, when she was kidnapped by Hades, um, Persephone's mother Demeter cursed the sirens with wings so that they could search the earth to find her daughter. Um, and so I was able to, you know, find that really cool connection and like through that, like, um, yeah, I go in, like, I'll, I'll follow like little trails in the mythology, um, and figure out like all these different, um, kind of obscure connections, um, that aren't like the big, big popular myths. Um, and I, that's, what's fun for me is finding those really obscure questions. Like Helena Troy called out to, um, 
to the sirens to come and save her. Um, you know, and so like that's that's like another little connection that not a lot of people pick up on. And it's just it's a ton of fun. So yeah, so I do a little bit of research with my siren series. Now my um Muse Island series, which is the adult fantasy series, there's a ton of research because there's all these different myths. Um, so we play a lot in that series with um the idea of chaos being creation and destruction. Um, and so there's an it's really cool because in every single myth, it's all based on that, that you must have chaos in order to have creation. You must have destruction in order to have new growth. Um, and so it's really cool to see all those um, kind of crossovers between mythologies that have nothing to do with each other. So um, anyways, that's really exciting for me. <laughs> that is cool. Like, yeah, that dyad and that mm -hmm. opposition of first you have to break something down to create something new, or first you have to yeah, cause yeah, chaos be. to make change, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's not so much the, you know, good versus evil or dark versus light. It's that you, from discussion, from destruction comes creation. Like, so anyways, it's it's a really cool thing to play with. I will definitely have to look that series up as well. And that when I read, um, and so which book is first? I think it's Song of Destiny is first, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. When I read that one, I don't know if it was so much that one or the Song of the Wings, the second one. Yeah, I definitely was like, okay, because I know nothing about Greek mythology. I said, I was like looking everything up. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I'm going to look this up and I'm going to learn this. So I think that's one thing the book did for me. Like, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like, yeah. I want to know like where she took this from and what she's taken and where she started and where she took it off from. So I think oh, I love that so much. Yeah, yes, I'm actually re-releasing Song of Destiny with a Greek mythology index in it. So um, yeah, so you'll be able to see and what I've heard from my readers is like, how do you say that name? I'm like, I don't really know. I know how it's spelled. And so like I'll have to go look at the pronunciation. Um, so it'll have like in the back of it, it'll have like um in the connections between all the different like relationships that are so messed up in Greek mythology is so much fun. Um, and it'll have, you know, just, just a reference. So you can know who is Echidna and who is Forkais and who are all these like weird names that I've never heard of before. And like, what significance do they have like in the greater mythology universe? So um, that will be releasing this um, November. Um, along with book three of the series, which is Song of Curses. So, and is that's a really good idea. I think that's a great idea to put that Greek mythology stuff in the back because I was like constantly on my phone and going back and forth. And it's interesting you talk about how how you pronounce names because I had a character's name in one of my book and I just pronounced it how I wanted to, and then everybody exactly. else was pronouncing it different. And coming up to do the audio book for it, I'm like hmm, how do I actually want to do this? <laughs> Should I do it the traditional way or the way that was playing in my head? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got to work with like the reader's belief system. Like it's already like integrated in. Like, and so I, I can't remember what book I was reading, but it was that same thing. I read the book and then I went back and listened to the audio book. And I was like, I've been saying his name wrong the entire time. <laughs> And will this book three be the finale of the series? No, there's going to be five books total. Oh, wow. so, Very yeah, cool. I'm hoping to finish the series up by the end of next year, um, but we will just have to see because this has been a weird two years. 
<laughs> I think it has for everyone. Do you write both series at the same time? Do you keep both of them going? No. So I actually co-write the second series, um, the Muse Island series. I co-write it with one of my friends um, who's an amazing author. She's an award-winning author in her own right. Um, and um, yeah, so what I do normally is I'll write one of my, my uh, Sirens Call books. And then while that's resting, um, then I'll go and we'll draft a Muse Island book. Um, and then, you know, we'll flip-flop, we'll let that book rest and then we'll go and work on our own like singular projects that we have. Neat, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, because otherwise the voices kind of like seep into each other. Um, it's really hard to keep them separate. Like if I have Corinna in my head, I cannot go and write Piper Prince, who is the um, main character in our other series. Um, cause they're just, they're two very different personality types. So tell me more about Piper Prince. Oh, okay. So, um, she is a, um, forensic, uh, psychologist. Like she's, um, she works with the criminally insane. Um, and, uh, her most disturbing patient, his name is Ari Fox, um, when she's with him, like things are just like not normal in her world. He ends up escaping and gives her clues to um, her life because she was adopted. Her and her sister were adopted and she's never known. It was a close adoption. They've never known anything. And somehow Ari has access to her birth certificate. And so um, it leads her to this island called um, Muse Island. It's uh, unbeknownst to her, it's a safe haven for all mythical beings. It's beautiful. It's got pink sands everywhere. It's just like, like if you could imagine your perfect paradise, like that's what this place is. Um, and she ends up meeting um, this bartender. He's turns out to be a genie. Um, and he will always give her the drink that she needs, not necessarily the drink that she wants. So if she's like having a bad day, he'll show up with her grandmother's tea, just the way her grandmother made it instead of the glass of wine she thought she wanted. So um, anyway, so Piper goes to this island and slowly realizes that mythical beings are real and she can see them all. Whereas normal humans, they, they just, they look like mythical people just look like normal people. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a suspense thriller, um, slash detective book, um, in which Piper ends up becoming a supernatural detective. Um, so it's kind of got that amateur sleuth thing going on and yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Like we've had so much fun with it. Like if we can move to Muse Island, we would totally move to Muse Island. I was going to say that sounds like so is she mythical herself maybe I don't know yeah. okay yeah. we don't want to yeah. give that away yeah so you I mean come on you you figure that out pretty quickly but um yeah so she has a birthmark on her leg um in the shape of a sun and whenever she is near a mythical creature it heats up um and her patient Ari um the reason why he is in this prison for the criminally insane um, is because he has been collecting those marks off of people so that he can that's like so he he's like a serial killer um, and so um, yeah so she's got like a really close connection to him um, and he just he has a lot of fun playing with her um, so yeah I, I don't want to give away anything else but it's a really fun series like you you should read it it's just it's so much fun that does sound like a lot of fun. And I don't want, I'm so bad about 
characters being truly evil. Mm -hmm. Like I had a character that was supposed to be an evil character and I I couldn't do it. I couldn't make him evil. So in my mind, Ari is not really guilty. There's some other reason of something going on. (laughs) Because if you get to know someone this well, you can't make him truly evil, right? Yeah, no. And so I love writing those kinds of characters, the ones that um, you, you hate to love, love to hate, you know, like when you first meet them, you think, oh, this guy's bad. But then you start like getting down to those layers that like you start understanding like, oh, I see why he's like this now. It's kind of like, um, oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, phones? No. I, I have to admit, I haven't. Yeah, I, that's the only vampire series like that I haven't read. So I will well, it's a, it's a right TV now. series. Right, um, right. It's the only one yeah. I haven't watched or read. Right, yeah. Okay, well, you have homework. Yeah, well, the funny <laughs> thing is, so somebody challenged me because I'd watched all the vampire diaries and somebody challenged me to read all the books. So now I'm on book four of that and I'm listening to the audiobooks, which is good because I can do that faster. But um, so yeah, I, but then I'm like hesitating because they're so different. So. Yeah. But at least it's just a TV series. So maybe. it's just a TV series. And what I love about it is it totally owns its own campiness. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, you can like, they do things on purpose. Like it's, it's funny in that way. Um, and so you can kind of fall in love with these characters who but it's not, it, but it still has like a great storyline and amazing character development. Like who these characters are at the beginning of the series are definitely not who they are by the end. And it's, it's got that gut-riching factor to it. And then of course slaying vampires, because that's fun. Um, but then also it goes into what we were just talking about. It, uh, it lets you get to know these so-called bad monsters um, and maybe they really aren't. Um, so it's, I highly recommend it. It's, I mean, it's not like, highbrow but <laughs> it's still a lot of fun <laughs> I don't have to have highbrow definitely so how many books are in your Piper series so right now we have four out um we're planning on releasing nine maybe a bonus tenth so and, we and also do have- they are they can they be read as standalones do they like wrap up in one book or are they like really more continuous it's more continuous I would definitely start with book one um we do have a few short stories out that are kind of um prequels um on the different characters that are in the books um and so we have a few of those out but I would still recommend at least reading book one before you even started with those because you won't have the context um but book one is really the place to begin and that is Island of the Muse, right? It is. Um, the first book is called Mark of the Gods. Okay. Um, it's part of the Muse Island series. Muse Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure for our listeners, we were tagging those. For people who are watching, you're seeing two of the covers of her wife, fantasy book, Song of Destiny and Song of Wings. And those are the ones that I've read so far. Those are the ones that I loved because they were such new characters for me. I never read a Siren book. So um, I love the way you integrated, well, I'm a fan of urban fantasy anyway, and I love the way you integrated her high school life, and, but took her out of that in some instances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, in the second book, I definitely love the way you brought back in some of the characters as well, because I was scared they were gone forever, but they weren't. <laughs> no, that's her little, um, it's her family. Um, so they'll be there throughout. Um, 
the third book in the series is a bit different because she actually ends up going into enemy territory for the majority of the book. Um, and I just actually shared uh, the first scene with my newsletter subscribers. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 been super fun. And again, it's been all that stuff we're we've been talking about is um, unraveling the bad guy and why is he the way he is. Um, and so that's what Song of Curses does is we get to know the other side um, and why they make the decisions that they make um, and are they really that evil. Um, so that's, it's, it's, oh, it's been so much fun to write. I think this is my favorite book so far. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I just finished writing my second fae fantasy, which is in mm -hmm. a realm chronicle series about fairies. And yeah, and I'm all right. My hat, I did put some goddesses in there. So you'll be interested to know that I put a couple Ooh, goddesses in there cool. because um, you know, I can't, even, like, I just hit the end and just did it to my editor. So <laughs> I have to find my cheat sheet to see what I did. But <laughs> it was, um, yeah, the three of the goddesses, one was like, no, I can't even remember. One was knowledge. I don't, I don't know. One was faith. I don't know. I'd have to look them up because, you know, I see this and my mind is already on the next book. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> which is good. Like, it's nice to be able to just like, okay, I'm done with that book. I've got to move on to the next. Yeah. Why you're why it's fresh in my mind and why I'm thinking about what should come next. But I was that's are you gonna have flashbacks to show what why the evil characters are the way they are? Or are you just going to tell their story or how yeah, do you, do you just that? um because she's in an enemy territory, um and Krina is a person that like she doesn't know a stranger. Like she has to get to know people, like she just can't help it. Um, and so she's in this place surrounded by all these people, creatures that she has sworn to fight. Um, and in order to survive, she has to find a way to make allies. Um, so yeah, you get to understand um, a bit more of the other side's story by her making these allies and realizing that um, monsters are not monsters. Um, they are um, sentient creatures who have families and love and fears and everything else that we would experience. Um, and so she's got to come to terms with that. Um, so that's really how we get to know um, the other side a little bit is, you know, through her eyes. Well, and through Jared's eyes. too. Okay, fun. Yeah, because one thing I did in my prior series, which is connected to the fairies realm chronicle series, is I just went back and did a prequel so mm -hmm. that like I wrote three books and then I thought, you know, these people really need more background on who these evil characters are and the history of these evil characters being evil. So I went back and did that. It was, it was a prequel, but it's after the third book. And then the fourth book was um, the, the finale. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like, and that was just history, right? That it wasn't even why the bad person started doing all these bad things. So now I'm like, well, do I write a prequel to the prequel or do, how do I leave <laughs> that in? So all these yeah. things in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's fun to handle that in different ways. Like I, I really enjoy um, books that have the dual timelines. So like it jumps, so you okay. have like a kind of flashback thing. Right. Um, 
but then also it's kind of fun just to like read a story that it's completely buried in that past. And then you can see like, because you know where it's going, you like see all the warning flags um, before it, ha you know, before everything goes bad. Um, yeah. So that's, that's fun too. I just like story, you know, I just like story and getting to know characters and why they do what they do. I know. If you're like me, I'm constantly, when I'm driving, people are like, how do you have so much time to do all this? I'm like, when I'm driving, I'm thinking about my books. Mm -hmm. Or when I'm at the grocery store, that's what I'm, when I'm cleaning yeah. my house, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. So. I was talking to one of my author friends the other day and she was saying, I feel bad because I haven't written in a while, but I think about my story nonstop. I'm like, that's 80% of the work. You, you're, you're brainstorming and immersing yourself in that world and who those characters are and then um next problem that's coming their way like that's 80 percent of the work the writing comes after you've done all that um at least i i think it does um because if you just sat down and just started writing with nothing in your head oh my gosh there would be so many rewrites that would have to happen <laughs> definitely my problem is i was writing a romance but then i was like no i want to go with the fairies so then when I'm coming back, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll intersperse this romance back in. And I had like thought of like all these scenarios for those romance. So in my head, I'd already written those down and I went back and read what I'd written and I hadn't written any of them down. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should actually write them down now because they're going to be gone in six more yeah. months. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. The fun of it, fun of writing for me, and you can say whether this is true for you or not, is that creative part. So sometimes I get bored if I already know what's going to happen. Yep. Like, so I have to get all of it down and then get to a point where, okay, I don't know what happens next. And then that makes it fun again for me. Right. So the way I um, write is I start with um, just kind of like a quick structured outline. Like I know, like I want to hit this point, this point, this point, this point, but I don't necessarily know how I'm getting from you know, to and from each of those things. Um, and a lot of times like I'll, I'll write that particular scene because um, it's just in my head. I know exactly how I want it to go. Um, and then I just like put a bunch of space between that scene and like where I actually am. And so it's more fun for me just to like write to that um, and to connect it. Um, so yeah, and I, I know of authors who like, they have to know every single thing that happens before they start writing. Then like their outlines are like a hundred pages long. Um, that is so not me. Like it's half a page, maybe that my outline is before I even begin. Um, cause yeah, I like that, that kind of the magic of discovery that happens whenever you're writing, cause you get to go really cool ways with it. I think, yeah, my system is very much like yours. Like I draw a little plot graph and I put things mm -hmm. on the points and then, um, yeah, then I come back and weave them in together. So yep, exactly. Yeah. And, and actually, Sorry. what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so actually, um, I'm like, I'm, I'm almost done with, um, Song of Curses and I just realized like, cause there was, a, there was this one scene that wasn't like quite working for me. I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be some sort of climax and it's not. Um, and if I do, if I try to make it more climaxy, it's going to feel forced. And so I went back and read what I had written. I'm like, oh, I already wrote the climax. Like it was, it happened like two chapters ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm further in this book than I thought I was. 
that's good <laughs> yeah it is but also it's really cool how subconscious works because what I had written without even realizing it was much more in line with what I needed it to be um and it was much more organic to the story um and you know it, it was a natural climax um versus me trying to force something in and so it allowed the book to be what it's supposed to be versus me trying to like stay to some sort of story structure that I needed to follow um, so yeah, it's just, I think the subconscious is so cool because my brain did that without me realizing it. Very cool. Yeah. So is writing your full-time job or does, do you have another full-time job? And if so, did those two cross over? Do you like pull things in from your real um, life? <laughs> Not real yes. life. Real so life. I definitely have a day job. Um, I'm lucky that I get to work from home. Um, my husband and I own our own business and I do like uh, digital marketing and con marketing and content writing. Um, so I wouldn't say they cross over too much other than I get to write in both of them. Um, but yeah, my clients are more like lawyers and doctors. They don't really appreciate the creative flair that I could add to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um and, you know, I think it's good because I think, and I, I have had a point in my life where I was just trying to write full time and it was hard for me because um, not having the limited time to write and just like having like this unlimited time to like get things done. Like I didn't actually get very much done. Whereas now like, I'm like, okay, the pressure's on. I've got an hour and a half to write and that's all I got. Um, and yeah, so that's, it works for me. Nice. Well, I think just writing in general, all those skills are going to go into you marketing yourself. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's a whole business. So, oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, what's hard for um, so many authors. Cause most of us just want to sit down and write, like we just want to tell stories. Um, but you know, now we've got to be every single part of what a publisher is like, we're, we're everything. And I think that, yeah, I, it would be nice just to be able just to write, but also the other stuff is fun too. Very nice. This is the question I love asking my author guests. So what do you want your readers to come away from? And those could be two different answers with your two different series. So take a few seconds to think about it. But what do you want your readers to feel or come away from with your, with your book? Um, I think with my, my Siren series, um, it's that you're stronger than you know. And that it doesn't matter what happened in your past. Um, you can always be better than what you were. Um, and you never have to lose hope for what your future can be. Um, and with, the, with my Muse Island series, I think that it's, um, don't judge. Yeah, don't judge. Everyone has a history. Everyone has a story. You, you don't know what anyone else is truly going through. Um, and so, yeah, just have grace with people. Well, I think that probably comes through in your Siren series as well, because you talk about the bad guys and how she's going to get to know That's some true. of their past and understand them. But I definitely could relate with, um, you can always do better. It's okay, whatever happened in your past and Karina, because she definitely is young and a 
and she makes some mistakes and she regrets some things, but she just keeps plotting forward. And she does. She's really good about keeping on moving forward. Yes. <laughs> Despite um, the advice of others. And, <laughs> and sometimes I was a little frustrated with her. I have to say that. So, um, because that I tend to be more of a thinking person than mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe that comes with age and maturity. Too. <laughs> yeah, no, she just kind of leaps into situations and she gets called out on it. Um, it's definitely part of her (laughs) learning process because, you know, sometimes it's great just to go for it. And other times you really do need to sit back and kind of analyze all angles. Um, and so she's still learning that. (laughs) Yeah. Some of my characters have been called out as like people not loving them. I'm like, well, they are what they are because they are what they they are. Well, and I think too, having other characters call out your main character on those things, like certainly helps um, readers to see that like, okay, she's working on it. You know, she's, nobody's perfect. And our characters definitely should not be perfect. That would be so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been so great talking to you, Chris. Let's tell all of our listeners and our watchers where we can find you and your book. Okay, well, you can find me at chrisfarin.com. It's K-R-I-S-F-A-R-Y-N.com. Uh, um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram um, and Goodreads. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun talking to you. You as well. Okay, bye. Bye. I love talking to Chris today about especially about her Greek mythology and all the mythology she pulls into her books. Super exciting, super fun. Don't miss Mark of the Gods. That is free now. That is in her adult fantasy slash suspense series that she co-writes. You can find that on Amazon or at chrisfarin.com, K-R-I-S. F-A-R-Y-N.com. She also writes as Christina DeLay for author of Sismans and Psychological Thrillers, ChristinaDeLay.com. And you can find all her links in the podcast description. Thanks for tuning in and keep finding the magic.